Citizens of Hamai, I've come here to free you from your lifelong servitude. We've taken care of the Garleans. Now's our chance to escape! Oh, oh, hooray! Uh, thank you. We're very grateful. I I think we'll pass, though. That's perplexing. You can go home now. You're free. Yeah, sure, yes. Only the Garleans are about to take us to this really sweet party they're throwing. They said there'd be a lot of cat girls and bunny boys, and sex work is legal and regulated in Garlemald. I know what it's like to lose all hope and want to give up on the cause for freedom, but know this. You can make sex work legal and regulated in Doma when you take it back. We're not ungrateful, really, but that's a lot of paperwork. It just sounds really fun on that island. Someone told me that Xenos brought his triple H tequila and they got Fallout Boy to do an unscheduled performance. Okay, that does sound dope. Consider this, however. The nearest etherite is still in Hamai, and that's like 20 minutes away. So the Wi-Fi on that island is gonna be terrible. Knowing this, would you still willingly give up your freedom? Oh, cripe, I didn't think of that. I really need a good Wi-Fi to manage my Rice Futures portfolio. Oh, thank you for talking some sense into me. I better head back to Hamai. <laughs> yes. Now I get to go see Fallout Boy. Birds are storm of us, and we're going to tell you about how we saved the world. This episode of Stormbirds, we motivate some despondent villagers of Hamai. We participate in a much better grand tournament, and I don't know. <laughs> we clear a pass at the very end. I guess we 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 become the con, which is kind of a big deal. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Welcome to Stormbirds, everybody. I'm your uh, warrior of light, Jerome uh, Barbara Walters. Rest in peace. And this, I'm joined by my co-warrior of light. Alex Hambarber Walters, rest in peace. Say hello. <laughs> oh, shit. That's right. I forgot that she passed. Oh, my God. That's because it happened a little while ago. Good evening. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. This is our Final Fantasy XIV MSQ uh, recap podcast. Um, today's episode, we are covering um, Stormbud levels approximately 44 to 46. That first half of Yansha. And I don't know why I put the stank on it. I don't know why I put the stank on it. The hey. first half of Yansha. Hey, what? Don't we keep talking about making these shorter? Nope. <laughs> the first half of Yansha and all of the Azim step, um, which is great. Uh, on the previous episode, if you're just getting caught up with us, a uh, quick storm, storm blood recap. We are trying to liberate uh, two city-states at once. Um, Garabania and Doma. We are nothing if not ambitious. We are very ambitious. We failed miserably in Garabania. We sailed across the world to Doma, and we got some confederates that have escaped the Garlean rule to start to rebel. Um, and now we're working. We're trying to get to the citizens of Doma to do the same thing. Oh, boy. I'm looking at my notes. I'd forgotten how far back this whole thing starts. Oh, like, yeah. this picks up right after we free that, that village, and then everything else is after that. Right. This is going to be our longest one for a little bit, uh, because we just the way that Stormbud is, Stormbud, Stormblood is told is just a little, like, it's broken up on purpose to make the story beats a little more interesting. But for podcasting, yes, that means it's a little bit less predictable. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like a zone and a half. We just did an entire zone and a half. Uh, so we're going to try and get through this as, as long as I don't ramble too long about some stuff. Barbara Walters, I guess. As long as I don't read large stretches of dialogue verbatim. That's true. Yes. 
<laughs> the um, of course the pre recap content though. I don't know why we do this pre recap. Maybe we should do this post recap content. Uh, you we, think, do you we, think we should do side quests afterwards? We can fit it wherever. We can fit it. It is, it is my show, our show, but really my show. I own it. You're the master of ceremonies. <laughs> The master of ceremonies. The Let's talk about our side quests. Um, I recently got back into Hades. I've been talking about this, but I recently got back into Hades. Um, the game, I, I bounced off it after about 18 hours first time. I really gave it a fair shot. It didn't click with me because like, I was stuck in that. If you're not familiar with Hades, it's a roguelike kind of, but it has a narrative, a loose narrative based on Greek mythology. Uh, you're, you're Hades' son. You're Zagreus, right? Your main character trying to escape from hell. Um and I got to a point where I was like almost beating Hades, but it was getting really grindy and dumb. And I was like, I don't really care about this story that much because I'm like, mm, I love Greek mythology, but I feel like, I, and I still feel this way. I still feel like it's not quite hitting the same level of um, depravity <laughs> that yeah, Greek mythology has. It's definitely missing the the goose fucking. It's and de- also... <laughs> You sound way more positive about this now than you were when I was talking to you about this like two yeah, days ago. Yeah, well, like finally once I did beat Hades and I actually got to do fun mechanical power spike stuff, like that it's that is that's just goofy and 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 like more fun gameplay. Writing for me like I, oh, great, I'm going to record this and I'm going to start an argument, but the writing for me is not great. It's all very vague. You don't know nothing. I'm not I'm not going to explain anything for no reason. Have you seen credits on that game? Uh, not. I don't know if I've seen credits. I've seen Persephone. A few okay, times, so it is yet. a very drawn like, out story. I mean, it it's is a like story that... really drawn out. But I'm like, I don't. Th- th- I'm sure they like. Anyway, there there's a better way to have told what they're about to tell. I'm certain because I am uninterested in the story, but the gameplay is fine. And also the mild critique I have about the aesthetic is that like the black outlines of it. The, the whole comic book of it all, I think, does take away. It does take away from the the legibility of everything because everything looks like it's really interactable with that stark black oh, outline. Oh, yeah, it's a fair point. Yeah, so like it's all like, like yeah, I think I think a lot of the background. Hopefully, Hades Two does a better job of this, but like a lot of the background could have had, um, could have a little bit less less like definition and more color. If that makes sense, more different. No, it does make sense. Yeah. Um, I think particularly when you get up to Greece, it's really like it's really egregious. So I was like, oh, this is supposed to be really beautiful, but all these bushes have a dumb like black outline on them. <laughs> like I don't feel I'm like it's anyway. Um, plus, everyone sounds like they're talking in a cathedral all the time, and when they're not, even they're out in the open. Like Hades is out in the open. It's like, there's nothing like... to bounce the sound off of. <laughs> <laughs> I did one sound booth, but no, I take your point. <laughs> okay, well, that's my side quest. I spent three minutes talking about. I mean, like I've just I've been digging in a bit into a game called Nowhere Profit, which is a okay. roguelike deck builder of which there are there is a couple, so many of. Oh yeah, I do have to continue playing Slay the Spire sometime. But like, I mean, Nowhere Profit is cool aesthetically. It's very much like post post future far future apocalypse sci fi that blends into magic, Book of the New Sun, Numenera type shit with like techno priests and like you and your, you and your pilgrims are like making a trek across the desert and fighting off like the the remnants of like the android scavengers and stuff like that and yeah. it's it's neat and it's got like this sort of like you know this hex based combat system where you're playing cards into like you know a two sided hex battlefield and moving them around and stuff and i'm just I'm digging the aesthetics and kind of the writing of it all, and I'm trying to figure out like what it's got going on mechanically because the combat 
is a little too simplistic to feel deeply strategic and a little too slow to feel kind of like punchy in the way that like a Slay the Spire or a Monster Train does. Yeah. And so I, I don't know, just I'm I'm probably going to put a few more hours into it, going to try a few diff- unlocking a few different decks and stuff and seeing how it feels. But like it's it's a game that I wish I liked a lot better than I do. But like but I I think that again like just if you're into that sort of like post sci-fi apocalypse type yeah. stuff, it's worth checking out. But right now I'm just I'm trying to figure out how to how to get the game systems to grab me. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 looking now and I'm thinking, man, I spent about five minutes explaining and recapping the story of Final Fantasy fourteen for our audience, prepping them for that recap, and then I spent three minutes talking about Hades and you spent two minutes talking about this. So next episode I think we're gonna do our side quests at the end. You know, that makes sense. <laughs> Okay, 20 episodes in. We're figuring out the format still. So, we're still an infant by podcast. Now that I have to now I got to recap it again. We're going <laughs> We're going back into the main story quest. Um headed into Yangsha, the capital kind of province of Doma, the oppressed the for- aforementioned oppressed city-state. Uh and our first quest is titled uh, Silence in Three Parts, I believe. Yes, that is correct. And we head into Yangsha. Yeah, I mean, basically all that happens here is we head off into Yangsha, and then we get a cut back to sort of like the aftermath of the last episode. We get to see, you know, the Red Kojin kind of like, you know, securing all the treasure that we were making them afraid for the safety of. And then Yotsuyu and Grunivart basically accost them and are like, what were you doing? Where were you? (laughs) Grunivart. And they explained, oh, our our base was under attack, right? Yeah. So basically, yeah. And we get more of like Yatsu Yatsuyu's like characterization of like, oh, I hate all these people. Oh, I want to bring the vermin to heal until everything turns to ashes in their mouth. Oh, I'm just mm-hmm. so mean. And um that's basically it. Yeah. And she 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 told him to kill and she didn't get she's like and he does, he smashes smashes their cogent shells and their treasures, and she's like, That didn't turn me on. <laughs> there is this great bit here where Grunevard is just like, Can I go home yet? Like does Grunevard thinks Zenos has forgiven me. Grunevard want to go home. Grunevard seems over all of this. He's very over it. Grunevard wants to go to Aorzia to kill the the the, the undying one. <laughs> anyway, we walk through a tunnel and we reach the other side and we get some more least narration just saying and we walk through the tunnel and we reach the other side and then Basically. Right. Life after Doma. We're looking. At, we're on the lookout for soldiers once we approach a, a little village in Yansha. Although um, Gosetsu makes a point that like there probably aren't going to be that many because Yotsuyu is so confident she's crushed any kind of rebellion that they don't really police it super heavily. Well, I'm sure that I'm sure that will remain true for the mm-hmm. entirety of this playthrough. Uh, but turns out the yeah the there's the flip side of that is we approach the villagers and they're like, hey, Yotsuyu does a really good job of making sure that we feel like we're going to get crushed at any time. So why don't you guys fuck off? Yeah, Gosetsu <laughs> takes an incredibly long time to realize this. He walks up Gosetsu and just is, keeps being like, hello, fellow citizens, I have is, returned. Let's fight. He's really stupid. <laughs> Multiple times throughout this episode, Gosetsu's character, Gosetsu's dump stat being wisdom. Is it wisdom or intelligence? That would be wisdom. Intelli- yeah, no, that would be wisdom. Like, like, know, inter- like, emotional, like emotional intelligence is wisdom. Probably. I guess. I mean, there's or certain- charisma. Maybe maybe not charisma. He feels boisterous enough, and but yeah, I guess just kind of re- what 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 D and D stat is reading the room because <laughs> Gosetsu. That's what Gosetsu is bad at. Ah, uh, I see. I see. You you've touched on our ad read. We'll get more back more to this later. Oh no, <laughs> no. So um, <laughs> audible for reading the room. 
<laughs> an audio book of the room. Uh, that is the oh hi Mark. That is the wrong half of what just happened there for you to grab onto. But we'll come back to it. <laughs> okay, no, but like, like it just everyone is like, oh well, we're fuck, we're so scared. Oh man, this guy's back. We're in trouble. Yesterday's gonna see this and she's gonna be so mad. And he's just standing there the whole time, just being like, what? What's happening? Aren't you thrilled to see me? Come on. <laughs> Aren't you thrilled? I think no. You're general. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. We're oppressed. Not stupid. <laughs> Finally, this boy in orange runs up and is oh, like, yeah. "What the hell are you doing here? Just come Just, with me. Come with us." And as we leave, people sob into their hands. The vibes in this village are great. Mm, they do pass the vibe check. Um. Cool. Well, he has this boy named Issei. <laughs> Bless you. Oh. Cool. Well, this boy named Issei does uh, a great job of summarizing uh, the village's feelings to us. We don't want to get crushed. Please leave. So we do. Um, we go, we head north uh, to a secret underwater tunnel because they made this technology for swimming. And by golly, they're going to make us use it. Mm-hmm. So we have to go swim underwater to the north half of the map. And then we get into an instanced version of the uh, House of the Fierce. Yes, the headquarters the of the head- Doman Liberation Front. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there we uh, do it, uh, go to the quest of Glimpse of Madness. Or we're still in it. I don't know. Uh, no, we're in it. this is it now. Going through the door kicks off this quest. Great. And it's a huge cavernous space. And there aren't many people. Nope. And Gosetsu's like, yes, many of them are in hiding, and many others have died. This is the stubborn remainder. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, there's like five people. Oof. It is a, okay, this rebellion movement needs some work. Yeah, but one of them is very important. It's Yugiri. She's back. We found her. Lisa, she looks great, and she does. This is like, this is new armor, right? Is, I th- it might be. It looks sick. It might be the new ninja artifact gear or something. I can't remember. I don't even think I noticed. So she tells us that because her whole mission was to find the Lord Heen, son of the Lord Kion, like, you know, the, the, the proper, like the, the heir to the throne of Doma, basically. And he, you know, he sent the refugees away and then he suffered a wound in battle and kind of vanished. And she found him out, like, you know, up in like the steps, but he won't come back until he knows either if Doma is willing to fight, in which case he'll come back and lead the charge, or if they're willing to give up entirely, in which case he'll come back in order to get beheaded as, like, you know, sort of a noble gesture. The prince gives himself up to, like, truly, like, you know, mm-hmm. signal the, the surrender end. of his people type thing. Yeah. And he's, like, he sends her to figure out basically, like, which path he should take. Yep. Uh, that would su- that would, I would have uh, so much anxiety over that. <laughs> Gosetsu calls this out as being kind of immature, I think. <laughs> Oh really? I, I think so. I mean, but but either way, like we do, we are like okay. We should figure out like, do the people actually want to fight? And Yugiri's like, okay. Either way, though, I'm not gonna let him sacrifice himself. And the whole thing is just like this. Mm. This is just like, no, no one's gonna like let him like come back and get beheaded as some kind of like valiant gesture. Mm. Mm. Well, cool. Stubborn, the stubborn remainder. Next quest. Well, oh, um, right. Uh, basically. Uh, Doesn't it cut right in a cutscene? Um, we get one interesting bit of stuff oh. here, which is so Lisa's talking to the member of the DLIF who says that Xenos didn't even win with numbers. He won with small amounts of troops and brilliant tactics, which uh, means that his formations were unorthodox and bewildering. And then 
Uh, oh, yeah. No, this is a bit where we find out that it's as part of this campaign that he gets really into the idea of using, like, Domen Katana, which is why he has this big spinny barrel thing. And at this point, I was like, oh, my God, Xenos is that weeb. Xenos is the guy who just has the East Asian sword collection. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, no, I've, we've all been there, right? We've all had those sword collecting phases in our lives. Every I, single one of us. I bought a shuriken. <laughs> Um, on the bat, he mentions something about uh, reasons do not matter, right? Something about Xenos that is uh, hinted at here, but repeated, is that uh, he believes that he believes in, of course, the hunt and the reason for it and just the reason for fighting doesn't really matter to him too much. Yeah, like he wants to create more enemies because it's more fun to fight. And the more mm-hmm. enemies he creates, the more people he has to fight. Does not actually care about winning so much as he cares about the the struggle of it all. Which, like... Good, is a good mindset to have for getting better at something. <laughs> yeah, good evil fantasy villain logic. Bad strategic oversight of an imperial sector logic oh. curious how those two things are going to intersect in the plot <laughs> uh i think i think that is intentional i think that he yes. does not give a shit of whether or not definitely i don't I'm think just... he gives a shit whether or not he actually or like the the empire actually wins or... yes i just, yeah. i'm i want to see how those two things clash yeah, for sure. Okay, so the stubborn so, remainder is when we go out and we're going to do our thing. We, we talk to villagers around town. People say they don't really understand. They never understood Xenos's motivations. I think now is a good time to hint that, like, to, to, to remind anyone listening that doesn't understand Xenos's motivations that he makes them pretty explicit. <laughs> yeah, no, he makes them explicit here. I think I could see people getting confused because they seem short-sighted and flawed mm-hmm. but like i'm okay with them being short-sighted and flawed that makes him a good villain yeah that's it's really interesting to me um the ones we leave behind is the following quest so we go back talk to the peeps in the village put on a little disguise so we're not quite so adventure like actually yeah. we don't but they do they don't make us do that and we go yet. posing yeah we go posing as a merchant and basically everyone in the village is like oh hey a merchant we don't have any money to buy anything <laughs> Well, depending on, and also depending on your response, they either believe that you're a merchant or do not believe you're a merchant. Yes, that too. There's one, there's one villager that's where you're prompted to do an imitation of Hancock, the the previous merchant, the East Aldenar guy. <laughs> and if you do that, she's like, oh, I'd, hell no, I don't trust you. <laughs> <laughs> I got that too. That's very funny. Um Okay, but the ones we leave behind is like, we're like, there's got to be someone here who isn't completely beaten down and hopeless. And so we go a bit further out and Mm -hmm. we find this young girl basically like collecting flowers and she's being assaulted by giant caterpillars. Yeah, um, we get the, we get the, we save her, get the flowers, bring them to um, her parents' grave. um, And whilst we are talking to her, uh, who comes in but our, our, our lovely citrus villager himself uh isei the boy in orange he comes in and tells us to continue getting the fuck out of here <laughs> remember that last request i had please. He's, he's just really adamant please and he gives go us, yeah, he gives leave. us some very compelling narrative with regards to what the so- soldiers will do to this to the little girl <laughs> yeah, I, when they hear about more re- rebels in the camp truly fucked up thing here it's not like their parents just got cut down in the village square or whatever no their parents went off to fight and the empire carted their bodies back and dropped them on the ground to make a statement gross it's truly fucked up 
gross. I almost wish we hadn't said it, but some, that part we can say, I guess. Yeah, it's like really, it's, yeah, they, they paint some pretty nasty uh, war pictures. Mm-hmm. And that is the end of that quest. Really cheerful. A new ruby tithe, however, is the, the following quest. Something is astir in the village and we must go hide. So we do that. We go hide behind a building with Lise. Is it Lise? I think it's Lise. I think so, yeah. Yeah. If you thought it was Imperials, you were correct. Yes. So here comes those Imperials we've been so afraid of. Um, And they're, um, long story short, they're going to take some villagers kind of as a life tithe um, to sort of make up up for the uh, losses that have been incurred due to the Confederate rebellion I mentioned way back when before we started talking about Hades and <laughs> the game you play which, if you remember so um which like this is not a good way to do this kind of social control I don't think and I think we're seeing like the flaws in that as like it's creating the problems that are going to lead to this rebellion yeah. but like you do the whole like you know you get punished for what your neighbor does type thing to sow dissent within a tight community in order to fray social bonds when you do it with something like you know oh the confederates who you never interact with like you know did bad stuff so now we're punishing you that just makes people realize that they can get punished arbitrarily at any time for no reason whatsoever and like I think at that point you just you take hopelessness and you kind of turn it into nihilism, yeah. and nihilism breeds people who are actually willing to fight. Back. Yeah, it's like, well, if that is fucking matters, and we may as well just kill some imperials. Um, but the yeah, I, I think I think that's a great analysis of it. But uh, we we go we we watch them, and then we meet up with Yugiri outside the village, who also saw what was happening, and we come up with a plan to rescue those folk. Uh, the first thing we have to do is take out some patrols along the way, but we don't just take them out with our swords and knives and staves and stuff. Oh, no, no. We got some new technology to use. We have the sniper rifle. We have the zoom-in camera left-click on things in out in the field, a little eye spy. And every it's a, it's a little it's a little blow dart with like sleeping poison yeah. in it. A little tranquilizer and dart. And every time you fire it, no matter where you hit them, it makes a tink sound like it's bouncing off armor and then they fall over. Does it? I think I thought it sounded more like <laughs> No, I swear to god every time you hit something it goes like tink. Oh, okay. Maybe. <laughs> oh, and they fall and they fall over because they got blow darted in the ass. Um, so we do that a couple times and we make it to the camp and observe what's going on. Uh, we turn, we, we sneak and we overhear there the, the soldiers giving the briefing to their new recruits, let's call them. And turns out they're going to be forced to do manual labor that they cannot possibly learn to do. Yeah, magic type maintenance work, which yeah, seems complicated. Seems complicated for a bunch of rice farmers. Um, so they'll be released when they're done with that, I guess. <laughs> and Yugiri expects them to die in servitude. They're She's she much. is no. <laughs> she makes it. She makes it very clear that they're not coming back as soon as they leave. Uh, so the following quest then is the will to live. We must. What is that? What could that refer to? Yeah, so Yugiri hitmans all the guards, and then mm-hmm. she has me dress up as one of them to tell anyone who asks that a change of the guard is happening, which this is a bit where I'm like messing around with my armor stuff, and it's oh, not yeah. really high enough level, and I'm running back and forth across yeah. this courtyard, and the mobs yeah, are just, just like... <laughs> it's stupid because like you have, you have to wear this level one statless armor, and there are aggressive mob monsters in this camp that are at level, um, so... How do you not die? I don't know. I th- thankfully I was there, but I remember this. This was also an issue <laughs> at, the, at the at the time of release. The first time I died, though, I did. I I, I, I 
hit transport back as opposed to accepting oh, yeah. the heal. And I got sent back to what's the what's the new Charlian village? All the way. You went on, to like, Idleshire. That's I right. went to Idleshire. That's where your home that's point. My was. last home point was. Oops. So well, that's expensive. Uh, <laughs> you're back. You got back reasonably quickly enough, but yeah, that, that it's a little dumb. But once you once you tell them champions of the guards happen, you can put your normal gear back on. Uh, but I I just don't just don't think they should have those random dogs <laughs> that are aggressive. Anyway, we rescue the villagers, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I I don't totally understand Yugiri's plan here. Just rescue them to go where back home to the village where the Imperials are definitely aware of what everything just happened. But she's like she bids them to flee anyway. Like you know, just go literally anywhere. Anywhere is better than here. And yeah, she they do the the people have lost their will to live. Um, they, they're like, there's not really any escape for them, but she convinces them. Yeah, but you st- like still have your lives. And if you go over there, you will lose that. You will, <laughs> you will lose the one thing you have and giving you an opportunity to, even if it's a slim chance to keep your life, that's better than no chance. Like you still have this, this is, you know, it's worth holding on to it to the last second. Absolutely. Yeah. And so Yugiri is pretty dismayed by how kind of like hopeless they all are. Mm-hmm. But like the elderly man, I think like the village elder, the village leader, finally he does give, he gives a little bit of a speech and, you know, and like they kind of have this moment here in which the villagers finally do agree to sort of be like, okay, fine. We're going to run. We're going to hide. We don't know what's going to, we don't know what's coming, but it's, you're right. It's better than this. And she vow- and Yugiri vows by all the kami that she will free all of them. So mm-hmm. she now is more resolved than ever to, you know, to to, to free her people, to liberate this land. Right. Um, she reflects on the sto- the shore a bit after this, and she um, yeah, daughter of the deep. Good she, quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daughter of the deep. Uh, she we get a bit more of why she left her homeland to free these people, um, and we also. Um, inform her that actually we ran into uh, her parents while we were down there. We know this place and we saw her parents and she was, it was a really touching moment where she at least got to a third hand account of, of the well being of her folk. Because as we learned, kind of learned, especially if you do the side quest down there, but like once you leave that village, you kind of can't go back. <laughs> yeah. Basically. And she talks about like, you know, how grueling her training as a shinobi was. And then when she was dispatched to go help out the DLIF, she met Gosetsu and she was so kind of impressed by their purity of purpose. And she was really proud of serving with Would them. Would you mind explaining that acronym? DLIF, Domen Liberation Front. Okay. Where's the, the I is... Liberation. Liberation. So it's like a lowercase i. Why isn't it just DLF? Because it needed a vowel in it. (laughs) It did not. Okay. All right. You know what? Never mind. I'm done. I'm done questioning your way of thought. We're just gonna let it. Let that magic happen. A path of no return is the following follow up quest uh, for that touching moment. Um, We where do we head back? We 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 head back to the house of the fears, right? And we we do yes. Or no, wait. Hold on a sec here. No, so the back half of this then is mm. so, and like so, like it's her reflecting on the mm. fact that like you know, although she finds purity of purpose in this, she at the end of the day she feels like she's of the sea. She will always be connected to her home, and she always hopes that her home. She prays every day that her home will be untouched, and she she confided like this to Lord Heen. He gave her some words of wisdom, and that meant a lot to her. And it's part of why she is so loyal to him. And she's never given up on that dream, even when she had to flee to Eorzea. And so it's a really sweet moment between us. And then Imperial Airship flies overhead. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's how we get we're like, uh-oh, that's weird. Um, I don't know why, but like, 
what we do about it. Where do we go? We go back to headquarters. So we go back to HQ. Yes. Okay, we're back to HQ because we saw the Imperial airship. Um, and it sound and news is that the, um, the Crown Prince Zenos is coming back to dome in that airship. We think basically as a result of the recent events in Girabania. Okay. They're worried that subversion is spreading elsewhere throughout his domain. So Zenos is here to kind of like you know make make a personal appearance for show. For show, Yugiri's immediately like, "Great, let's kill him now." Uh, cool. Sorry. So everyone basically like we do. Right. This is a path yeah. No Yugiri really wants to just go out and assassinate him right now, yes. and everyone else is off board with this. Gosetsu's like, no. not down with it. Lisa's not down with it. Like no one else wants to support her in this. Mm-hmm. And we seems foolish. Dude is strong. We are all going to die. <laughs> So Yugiri runs off, understandably upset, and we go after her. Yeah. Also, what if we kill him, right? Yeah, we're in. I guess we're into the plan. No, the, what, oh. what if we do kill him and then the the might of the Empire comes Oh, yes. That, oh, yes. Mind. That also, right. Like, while if, we're not ready. If we kill Xenos and we don't have like a good backup to that, then the Empire might notice that stuff is uh, going bad down here too early and stuff could get really bad really fast. Right. But Yugiri says, fuck that shit. <laughs> And in her uh, kind of stupor, like, not stupor, I don't know how to describe it, but in her impetuousness in this moment, in her, her this fleeting moment of, of lack of a discipline, she rushes off and we uh, go join her. Where she gets a bird with a, a bird with a missive that has all the intel we need for the plan. Perfect. <laughs> Immediately. So Xenos basically is only here for one night. He's making an appearance, but he doesn't seem to care about any of this. He's just checking on the wall, I guess. Yeah, he's expecting the moon gate. So no one had any time to prepare. Everything is chaotic. He doesn't have his normal retinue. Like, you know, it's a perfect chance. No one knows what's happening. It'll be a great chance to hit from the shadows. For sure. And who overhears us from the bush? You say. But a certain citrus villager. Citrus or saffron? I guess citrus. Citrus. Okay. I don't know. We could saffron. No, no, way. not really. Sa- not really saffron. He's our citrus. Bo- he's our citrus boy. We love. We love him. And um, he's like debating like if he should sell us out or not. Because yeah, he's like, oh, you definitely didn't hear anything. I did. We're not. We're just gonna pretend like that. We're not gonna get our entire village in trouble or anything like that. Uh, cool. Let's go okay. kill Xenos. So we go... Yeah, that's what happens. So we go to the manor where he's going to be kind of like staying, mm-hmm. and we scout it out up from the rooftop, and we find a spot where basically, like, you know, we can get a good shot at him. Um, Xenos is really not impressed with this place. Like, it's so... Everyone here is so crushed down and full mm-hmm. of despair that there's no good fighting to be had. Yeah. Well, jeez. <laughs> Gee whiz. I'm sorry. And Yugiri then ninjas several of his guards and leaps at Xenos, and he pulls a sword and throws her back, which anyone could have seen yeah. coming. I guess so. Um, but it's pretty, it was a pretty cool, good, yeah. nice attempt. And then we come from the other side. And uh, I don't remember what else happens in the actual cutscene. Yotsuyu is like, oh, no, Captain, kill him. I yeah. am Yotsuyu. And so we, we, we do a duty here. We fight him first yes. in one stage and then the next when he pulls out the super mega sword. The, the sword that he got uh-huh. from the, um, I think, from the... Yeah, the Kojin. From the Kojin. And uh, yada, yada, yada. We get a voiceover of the whole sunrise, sunfall prophecy thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the whole Orianger. Yes. Apparently, apparently that's all about the sword, I guess. Okay. Sure. Anyway, his um, we, 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 we do that duty fight. Uh, we do... A decent amount of damage to him the first phase, and then he gets pretty low, and he knocks us back, heals to full, and then it's phase two. 
we then get uh cutscene out of that and basically we're supposed to lose that fight right but we do better this time and the way in which the game shows that we did better is that his helmet just randomly like a minute afterwards just a piece breaks, of it breaks a off. piece of it just breaks off and he's like Huh. He pulls his helmet off and he smiles at it. And he like he bids us to survive, to live mm-hmm. for the sole ephemeral pleasure left to him in this world. Basically like, okay, I'm going to leave you alive because you can get stronger. He's he's like evil Goku. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he also, at some point, there's a quote here I wrote down from his monologue that death is death regardless of the reason. Like in, in context here, I think he's talking about like, look, listen, I could just kill you or like whatever the reason is all these people throwing their lives at me it's meaningless but if you live we're gonna have a fight but i think again he does not care about the motivations behind people fighting as much as he cares about the the fight itself um and the struggle and the the challenge of it all Uh, but yeah he his um there's a certain overlap between his nihilism <laughs> right and the way in which um i guess people i i guess the way people kind of give up like people give up on life right yeah there's a certain there, there are some parallels here that are not exactly clear to me between him and the villagers <laughs> But he's like, oh, I don't care, and they also don't care, but for different reasons. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it's a nihilism. It's it's a a pointlessness. But it all, it, but you know, they're oh, you know what it is. Okay, I I jumped ahead. Uh, the reason he says that, um, because he tells us to live. Yugiri tries again. She gets up and she tries again. Right. Uh, he knocks her back with a sword. And he's like, "You're stupid. Why are you stupid? You're just gonna die now." And then an arrow flies in from off screen. Right. And who is it that saved us? But our citrus villager the and villagers. his cohort of villagers, yes. um, who have given up, who have um, fought for their, for willing to fight for their independence. And he's like, "Well, you're all gonna die, and the reason for it doesn't matter. You're just gonna be dead at the end of the day." That's when he says, "Death is death, regardless of the reason." However, smoke bomb. <laughs> Smoke bomb. <laughs> smoke bomb. I don't Big know who smoke throws bomb. it. Very know, really huge smoke bomb. Everyone gets out. Xenos is like, eh, cool. <laughs> Whatever. Xenos is bored with all this and he's ready to come back later. And like, and he's hoping that you know, by the time he comes back. Honestly, he leaves because he's like, okay, hey, they're throwing some signs of fight. Okay, I come back here in a couple months. Maybe I'll have a, a good a good bout on my hands. <laughs> I'm glad I... Uh, glad I pulled that thread together. I was like, "There's something I didn't write down, and I probably should have." Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, like there is something about like you know, like the emptiness of everything about you know, it's a sort of like mm-hmm. f- feeling about the world and himself in the world, like the nihilism that you describe, and the way that like that his particular sort of like governance style gives it too much credit i think but it results in the imposition of that onto other people as well philosophy exactly like like like, like he creates this environment that replicates sort of the emptiness inside of him and like and like and grinds out anything hopeful or meaningful from other people and then they have to rediscover it in order to to oppose him Mm -hmm. no it's, it's it's neat um once we escape we begin the next quest all the little angels back to the village we we reconnoiter and prep for uh the journey because we have discovered that doma at this point does want to fight for her for independence so we can go get lord hien at least this one village does yes good that's enough all, okay that's all that's left <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> um back in uh, we reconnoiter and 
Yugiri apologizes yeah. to Alice for the reckless plan that probably put everyone else in danger, but everyone else kind of forgives her pretty quick since, you know, it worked it out. Worked. And, yeah. <laughs> and then we got the fighting spirit back. Like, ah, screw it. Result oriented thinking. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we do have a bit of a problem here. Like, Lisa. Yeah. Lisa and Alpha. Um, yeah. Lisa and Alpha have caught up with us apparently. And we do have a problem because we've made it very obvious that we're, we're here and we're doing this. So the Empire knows that now. So this is the bit. This this bugs me. It's petty, but it bugs me. Oh, okay. Alice says it's time to hand it over to the, quote, preeminent tactician with which she shared a womb, a.k.a. Alphano. Alphano is not the tactician. He's the strategist. Alice is the tactician. Yeah. yeah. Alice is the one who plots operations and does, like, stuff about, like, you know, like... She executes the plans. <laughs> She's adaptable. She uh, is... She knows what it takes to actually achieve the strategy yes. that Alphino sets forth. For example, um, Gabu, remember that little kobold? Yes. She's the one that's saying, hey, maybe we shouldn't kill every temper. <laughs> 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 hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe there's life to be preserved and we should be showing these beast tribes compassion. <laughs> yes, exactly. And also like, Alphano's whole thing is like managing troop movements and diplomatic relations and things. He's not at all a tactician, but whatever. Yeah. Yes, no. Um bit of a bit of an interesting I don't know. We we could interpret that it interpret it that maybe she doesn't see herself as highly as she should, but yes, I think maybe I, I think worth pointing out. That's true. I do like I okay, I do appreciate that this kind of like made me think about that distinction mm-hmm. and throw it into clarity, and I like that two of them are mirrored that way. Yeah. I like that she is like the I, I like I like that the game I think does deliberately mirror them that way. Yeah. But it did bug me. Yeah, she is uh, mistaken about mm-hmm. Alphano's tactics. <laughs> what could Alphano is always like the embodiment of what could possibly go wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, so the plan is basically, okay, so we need to actually, we need to accelerate now, because now that the Empire knows what's going on here, we need to retake Doma Castle while the Imperial presence is still low before they have time to move in more, like, mm-hmm. you know, more troops. Which For sure. is, like, the one time in this game when, like, transport time seems to matter, but sure, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're not attuned, they, all those soldiers, they're not attuned to these etherites. The, um... There's also a cutscene inside the castle at this point before we head out where uh, Xenos, Yatsuyu, and Green of Heart are hanging out. And they, um, they're kind of, they're kind of mad about it. Like, uh, Xenos said some. Xenos refers to us as stuff. Bahamut's conqueror, which, oh, yeah. does, does he do that if, even if we haven't done the quails? Of I don't Bahamut? think we have, I don't think he does. I think, I don't know what he does. Ref- I can't remember because I know that I didn't do Bahamut last time I did Stormbuzz. I was like, that's the first time I've seen that line. I don't know what he does. I'm e- so curious. Yeah, okay. email us. Um, but yes, he expected no less from somebody who felled Bahamut. And I was like, man, if you wanted a challenge, why didn't you fell Bahamut? <laughs> and then he grabs Yatsuyu by her hair and he's like, don't fuck it up again. Boy, yeah, you really just buried that leech. He grabs her by <laughs> He slowly walks by. The camera cuts down to his hand, like that reaches towards the camera. And there's a snatching sound, and then all you see is just his hair with like his hand holding a black lock of hair. You're right. I did. I did. And then she's like, "Catch the cinematic majesty." You really, you really buried that lead. It's pretty. It's pretty brutal. Um, but yeah, that shit happens again. She's not going to get another chance to beg for her life. She has no accomplishments. She's only in charge because she whispered the right things into the right people's ear. Wonder what, wonder what that could be referring to. 
<laughs> Grunewald feels that that was uncalled for in his and, own words. And he was like, hey, you were right. And then she just beats the shit out of him. And then she finally gives him like liberty to, I guess, just... You know what? Just go get this fucker. Go, he's go here get now. the fucking He's here now. Go get him. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to Eorzea. And he's and, like, oh, boy. And nobody is threatened because he has that stupid bandage on his face. And he's wearing a lot of... He's wearing, I am curious if they're going to turn this guy into a real threat at some point. He's he's become the comic relief villain so quickly that I'm wondering when they're going to turn around and make him sinister again. Maybe. I don't know. He's just... He's whatever. Excuse and then me. we also get one last little little clip here at the very end. Back in Girabania, we get Estinian looking at a big tunnel. Mm. And basically being like, oh, man, fuck. Okay, if the eyes of Nidhogg are responsible for all this primal calamity, I guess I need to deal with this. Thanks, Alphano. <laughs> Cast them to the abyss. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> it's just a canyon. Fucking master tactician Alphano. <laughs> to be fair, that was Al- that was Emmerich's idea. But, but they all should have known better. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, we head to uh, Azim Step with the quest. Here, there, here they be be Sh- Zayla. I think Zayla I was going to ask, is, is it Zayla or Sheila? Say, or? Z- Sh- Sheila. Zayla. I think it's Zayla. Okay. I think it's Sheila. <laughs> yeah i think it's sayla um that's the problem with x x is tricky x can be so many things uh yeah that's our fault for not having more letters that could dif- differentiate the different the distinct sounds that other languages make okay but anyway we are off to the azim step yes uh this zone um opens up very nicely get more narration from lease i don't know something about i remember when i walked there and it was a cool i guess yeah it's, it's basically it's fantasy mongolia you know mm. wide open plains kind of like nomadic peoples who like live yes. on the land there's there's these encampments scattered about there's these like jutting up rocks uh across the landscape and there's a big bowl in the center big bowl <laughs> there's a big old bowl of cereal just waiting for us to scoop it up absurdly large bowl really uh, like compared to the size of the map the bowl <laughs> the bowl is a pretty big chunk of the map it's bowlerific um the it's basic intro to the zone. We just talk to some folks. We meet up at Reunion, get the crystal. Reunion is this kind of marketplace where all the tribes do do barter. Um, we learn more about like the tribes are sort of like they're always in motion. They're sort of always in conflict, but like you know they have rules about stuff. Um, Reunion is supposed to be neutral ground, and also we learn a little bit about this upcoming Nadam, which is going to be mm-hmm. this big sort of like tournament that determines yes. leadership over all the tribes. that is a real thing nadam that is oh, a Nottam? real hungarian or Mon- hungarian what <laughs> what not even close not even close white dude mongolian You'd <laughs> it's be a surprised. real You'd mongolian kind of tournament or not tournament or festival where diff- people in different colored garbs um share culture and and dance and that's not as far off as you think. I think native Hungarian people trace some of their um, uh, heritage oh, back to Mongolia. No. Okay, great. Yeah, Sorry. no, you're fr- you're you're probably right. But <laughs> anyway, the Nadam. Okay, <laughs> yeah, uh, the yeah, that's kind of the driving force in this zone. And, and but so we learn about it from we learn about it from a um, by talking around. We meet a different bunch of different tribes. Get a, a kind of cliff notes on them from a lady who has seen our lord Ian, um but she he was seen with the uh, a woman of the mole tribe so we go around 
just we go around we have to do it's another thing where i have to do say and you bless your heart you went around to every npc and you were like excuse me would you perhaps be a member of the mole tribe while i'm over here going going from npc npc just being like mole 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 like fucking like it like that scene in gold member with the mole <laughs> remember that gold remember that little nugget mole 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 <laughs> that well, I, I, I'm, I'm just walking up from you looking were, like you said you were self-conscious excuse me you know where i can find members of the mole tribe <laughs> so you're doing shenmu and i'm doing gold member <laughs> but we find her we find we find serena serena um and everyone else we don't find in front of serena is really offended that we would dare think that we were they were from such a weak tribe people don't like the moles no, they're kind of the they're 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 they're, they're kind of the bullied. They're 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 not the cool, sitting at the cool tables. We meet Serena, who has seen Lord Hand, but she really can't leave this village without some some of this stuff. She's got to get. I can't she's bartering. We need to get Whisper so she can complete the barter, so she can get an offering for the gods. Because the thing about the mole is that they're the ones who are the most in mm. tune with the gods. Yes, they have uh, a, a a significant spirituality. Uh, to their tribe so we go support them we go kill some some root to help give her some extra currency for this thing to help them offer and then she takes us to meet lord hien well she doesn't even take us she just kind of sits there while we go yeah, up no, top mm-hmm. to meet lord hien yes who at any time could have come down and said hi yeah it turns out he was like literally watching the village from a bluff overhead and just let us ask around looking for him okay i should have like gone up there beforehand to see if he was there <laughs> I didn't think about that. Oh, that's really funny, actually. I'll have to redo. Oh. I'll have to redo the entire MSQ until I get to. Okay, but that brings us back to an impossible dream, mm-hmm. which, like, we get back and we inform him that people are ready to fight, and he has this one kind of like snarky line at the top where he's like, "Hmm, that's a pity. Liberty is a lot harder to deliver than my head." And then he's like, "Okay, but look, it's an impossible dream." But he's not going to deny his people this dream. He's confused about who we are and why we're here, <laughs> but he's happy to have us. <laughs> hey. And so nice to see you, Yogiri Gosetsu, Yogiri, and third person. Then <laughs> um, they introduce us as Scion so that they can voice act the scene without having to say our names. Um, and he, we learn, we we can ascertain that he, he and kind of speaks maybe a little too eloquently, maybe a little too flowery. Um, I am all for flowery internal monologues and very 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 purple purple prose in video games but and i guess urianger really takes it to the extreme to the point where it's kind of campy i don't know if he does it for me at this point with, I, I i grow to like him better over no, the I course think of he's the fine i don't mm-hmm. hate him i'm just like at this moment it does feel that his the the amount of, of, that he is preaching is a bit unearned well, and i hate to say that cuz it sounds like i'm i think so highly of myself that i have to have my my reading span my reading span attention needs to be earned but like um no. we just like if you just meet someone and you're talking the way like <laughs> meet so meet someone at a party and you're just like okay well this is the time, the impossible dream, and time for dreamers will dream, and thus the d- dreaming is. He's a little bit, he's a little bit full of himself, not in like a braggadocio mm. way, but in sort of just like a, 
like, like, like you're talking about, like very sort of, I mean, it's sort of like it ties into actually the thing I wanted to touch on, which is that like, so the rest of this episode, the rest of what we're talking about, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I think that the quests we're going to play through are mm-hmm. fun. I think the writing's fun. I think the characters are very good. It is also the case that like, this is not technically a white savior narrative in like either in specifics in game or in broader like well production context also but we are exactly but we are marching into a place inhabited by a set of peoples who have a lot of traditions that are depicted as being bound up in honor and warrior culture such that we can essentially win at their own contest and therefore assume their loyalty to bring them back as fighters for our own yeah for yeah just War. pointing out that at this point um uh it's uh, you could take white out of it because it's uh, they're asian Ex- yes. asian voice acted uh, this is uh, which yes he is also one of the first uh, uh, he's um okay i shouldn't say this but like no yeah i think um i think he yeah, well he is definitely his voice by what's his name again i looked it up because i was like his voice acting his voice acting is incredible um voiced by in the English dub Andrew Koji, um, and uh, does an incredible job. I believe just says it just weaves the the Doman words in with the the English or the A or Z, and I guess very fluidly and effortlessly. And um, it doesn't sound like the th- he doesn't believe the things he's saying. Oh. I just think at at a certain point you could have just been like, all right, cool. Let's. This is what we have to do. We're going to do it, and maybe we'll talk on the way. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, and also like he, we could have talked on the way. He feels kind of. He feels. I think it is a part of his characterization that he feels kind of entitled to like. Mm. He came in here, and it, yes, admittedly that they nursed him back to health, and he spent time among these people and everything. But he does now feel kind of entitled to participate in this tradition that has a long history that he has not been any part of. Oh no, it, yeah, the plan itself is fine. I think, um, but honestly, because like, yeah, it's it's uh, he checked. He had plenty of time to check to see if, mm-hmm. <laughs> if it was whatever. Um, he just seems a bit presumptive. I think. I. Th- yeah, there are there are a couple of presumptions here, but at the same time, um, I don't know if it is presumptive because he would at this point know that these people recognize might that is like their entire form of governance. Sure, <laughs> whoever yes. whoever I mean, wins, he is going to play by the rules, and also like part of what he's doing here is to kind of pay back the mole, the tribe who like saved him oh, and yeah. nursed him back to health, and who never tend to win these things. Right. Well, we'll get more into those details shortly. The actually don't know if I wrote down it's season for war the next quest. I think we just did season or we no. did impossible dream stars in the dark is next. Right. Oh, okay. Well, um, speaking of the try, there's a cutscene we did kind of skip over that um, maybe we'll cut out. But like before, bef- either before or immediately after we talked to her, and there is uh, there's a there are two uh, fighting Aura. By the way, this entire zone is popular oh, yes. with Aura. This. Um, which are Alex's semi people, right? You are the other to kind of them, but anyway, the um, we learned that the Oranir are the nomad tribe in power. They wear yellow, so they are. Uh, they believe they are kind of. Well, we'll f- learn more about what they believe when later, but they are there in power, and they are in league with a different uh, tribe as well, which I presume is how they keep that power. Um, they are the Budugan are with them, and the Budugan are men only. <laughs> A man only tribe, and they just kind of recruit people 
recruit the men that they like. Um, the ones that are uh, that they're fighting with are Dotharl. They are called the Undying. Um, we'll get more into that in a bit. But they we were powerful, but have yet to win a Nodum for quite some time. Probably because the two other teams are kind of ganging up on them. Uh, the 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 bodyguards at the uh, at reunion are wordless uh, Castir. They do not participate in the Nodum, but they are extremely powerful. <laughs> but they they value their neutrality and they they, re- they they recognize their place as bodyguards to reunion. Um, they don't speak at all, but because they believe words are lies. But somehow, someone somehow everyone just understands them regardless. Because when they just show up, everyone's like, oh, "Fine, we're not we're not dealing with this." <laughs> um, you know. As you're laying all this out, I'm realizing why I enjoyed this so much. Yeah. Because the one thing I keep saying all the time is I want to know what people actually believe. And mm-hmm. this whole set of quests is just running around this zone yeah. and being like learning what everyone believes. And with basically. every chunk, you get a different perspective um, and a different objective for you know, a different different person kind of telling the story. Um, and it's really refreshing. Stars in the Dark is a following quest where we make our way uptown, walking extremely slow. We do. Well, mm-hmm. I walk extremely slow. You get to fly. I get to fly on my sweet gorilla mount, my sweet 50 million gold, shining gold gorilla mount. <laughs> I will say, I was doing this morning, I was doing the rest of the Aether, uh-huh. Aether Current quests in this oh, zone. Oh, nice. I appreciate that I think the Aether Current quests are getting um, simpler. Yeah. A lot of the ones in this zone were just like, talk to a person, talk to a different person 30 feet away, quest complete. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. But yeah, okay, so so we're talking to like, you know, the leader of the mole. Oh, Temulun. Uh, Temulun. Temulun. Yep. Mm-hmm. Icon, legend, star, absolute royalty. And she's like, she knew that we were arriving, even it turns out, because the, the heavens had shown brightly to mark our arrival. And he is now asking if he can fight alongside them. And Serena, Serena? Serena, yeah. Serena, you know, is like, finds the whole thing kind of crazy and hopeless. Like, you know, the mole are, they're few in numbers. They're weak. You know, oh, yeah. The, so the, the 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 their elder gods have foretold that they must participate in this Nodum. Yes, they bet these elder gods better not be fucking primals. <laughs> I, at I any assume point. they are. I don't think we're done with the zone. Uh, probably. I, I think. I think. I mean, to... at least for a good while. Okay, there's an Ethernet to the west that we didn't even touch. Mm, if you know, you know. <laughs> okay. But yeah. Hume says, like, yes, the Korg is exactly the whole point is that because it's a lost cause, if we include ourselves and we win the victory because it gets attributed to us. If we did it with one of the stronger tribes, they would just assume that they, they won. They so, won and then no one would they they would still be in power. We yes. would not be able to convince people to whatever. We didn't follow us back to Doma. Uh the Khatun the Khatun would have words with us once they agree to our plan. Um and she she lets on that she kind of sees a greater purpose for us specifically. Yes, before Some, the before the light of our brilliance, even the secrets of the gods are laid bare. Yes, so this I mean, if, you did, if you did if you did capture any specific quest from this text, this would be a good time to read something. If you didn't, that's fine. I didn't capture. The okay, text, no. yeah, that's that's okay. The stars in the dark quest text is it's it's very interesting. Um, anytime a fortune teller speaks in this game, you should probably listen. Okay. <laughs> right. I will start paying attention. Because <laughs> magic is real. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so to prepare for this festival, uh, Serena has a plan for us. She says, we are going to have a cool-ass feast. And everyone's like, what? And she's like, what? Oh, it's a trial. It's The feast is a prep for the trial, the trial that we need to, to complete in order to participate in the yes. in the, the Nam. Yeah, well, we're still taken aback by this. And she says something like, have I said something strange? The hungry fox starves staring at the bull's testicles. <laughs> Therefore, warriors should be well fed on the eve of battle. I love these guys. Like, what? <laughs> what did you just say to me? You said, no, you said something else strange. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty great. The uh, We go kill some folks and get go some go garbage go. for the feast. Yeah. And then we help Lisa and a bunch of precocious children find some dung for the fire. And Love that. It's actually a great scene here, the Heart of Nations, where like mm-hmm. Lisa and the children are talking, and Lisa's like, it must be hard moving around all the time. And they're very confused because like animals do it. Isn't it harder staying in one place? Kimmy, I don't have to clean this shit up. Just, just, mm-hmm. just leave. Good, like real, like, you know, clash of culture type stuff here. Like, you know, these oh, are yeah. like th- these people don't really understand the concept of nations, which, hey, good for you, kids. <laughs> but then Lisa explains it to them <laughs> and <laughs> tries to like Okay, she does a good job about making it like, you know, mm. about history and shared culture and memory and like tradition and like like continuity and stuff. And then the kids are like, other tribes make fun of us. Does that make us a nation? And thus Lee sent them down the path of modern national development. Woohoo! <laughs> Here we go. Um Yeah, the Gosetsu again showing his trademark. I don't I what? His trademark what? What what what? <laughs> clutches his pearls uh gosetsu and he and have a nice chit chat after a spar as well uh they go off to, to, to spar and they're like oh yes remember when you were a boy and you had a different name i'm going to say i'm going to dead name you right now because i'm certain that nobody with long bunny ears is listening <laughs> <laughs> and then we walk out from behind a rock <laughs> i can't believe you dead named me you asshole <laughs> Um. Yes, but yeah, we just get a little bit of backstory from Hien's upbringing. Hien has never seen a free doma. Um, Hien is yeah, like, interesting like four or whatever. So the last rebellion was around twenty years ago. Like he doesn't something. really know what he's fighting for in that sense. Only that Wait, it's against like the, the suffering. Rebellion? No, it was like two years ago, wasn't it? It was pretty recent. Yeah, because I'm like it couldn't have been. He wasn't four when he got wounded and he hasn't been no, 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 staying no. he hasn't been staying with the them for 20 years no no no, no. he would be but a like, lot less doman <laughs> but like he does but like he just he, he he's been like they've been fighting for all their lives but they've never known what life under freedom looks like yeah uh brutal actually that would suck that would suck ass uh yep. so trial before trial we do have to get to bardem's medal Yes, it's a, it's a trial that we must complete in order to prove that we are, like, you know, Ready, worthy, to, worthy complete, to, to compete. Compete in the Nodum. Um, we just have to get there, and I'm sure nothing will possibly go wrong. Turns out uh, a lot could possibly go wrong because there are a ton of asshole competitors trying to fucking kidnap us. Yes, on the full route over. It's just like we we walk across the map, and, like, at every turn, it's just like we're being beset by fucking by brigands. The other, geez, stop. <laughs> That's a good strategy. <laughs> whatever we make it there yeah well we take out some of their numbers and we along the way and we we make it to bardem's medal and bardem is just this heroic figure that walked a journey and we must walk his same journey through the mountains and to tames, prove our worth s- tame some animal at the other end yes tame a certain 
uh, animal called the Yol at the other end. In the footsteps of Bardem the Brave is the quest where you take where we do the dungeon. Oh man, if you know Bardem's Mountain, you know this is a slapping ass dungeon. <laughs> this dungeon's great. Uh, it's you, very pretty. The first, yeah, it's just a bunch of ribbons and more um, kind of semi, kind of Black Hills like, but Mongolia, I don't know, Mongolian sort of semi flat, hilly mountain and kind of text, whatever. It's cool. It's beautiful. Beautiful geography um the first couple pulls are pretty rough actually because there's like an extra mob or two that aren't normally there but um we made it we through survived. just fine uh the first boss is a big old elephant and then he stuns us all and then summons his cats and sheeps to do other stuff we have to run out of the way of the cat and sheeps uh the sheeps is in cats's uh kill that go down kill some some rock people um run to the second boss a really big rock person and oh boy, this one is a different one. Rather than actually fighting a boss, you just have to dodge a bunch of mechanics. Yeah, which I I failed that regularly. You did I, pretty bad. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> the spirit of Bardem himself, I guess. I don't know. Bardem is Bardem knows how to do mechanics, <laughs> and you better too. So that's just a, me- a pure mechanic check, which is interesting um, and very. Very easy. So long as one person does them all, which honestly I did them all because I've played this game way too much. Um, we you you can collect the treasure and move on. We jump down a cliff into a ravine uh, where we k- kill some butterflies and get run over a couple times by some absolutely massive Indiana big, Jones boulders. Yeah, big boulders, big Elden Ring boulders. And then yeah. at the very end, we fight the Yol. Yes, at the very end, we we fight this Yol. It is a big purplish grayish. Mauve bird. <laughs> it's a mauve Griffin bird. Beast Griffin. Thing. It's a bird. Um, and this fight, it's pretty tricky if you don't know what you're doing. There's a lot of feathers flying around, a lot of AOEs to dodge. There's a mechanic where you have to turn away from him, otherwise he will confuse you and have you run around and attack your party members. And two of my party members failed this mechanic and turned their faces directly at me. I was one of them, <laughs> and I very much almost died. <laughs> But, Which you're the healer, so that was thankfully. Not great. I thankfully yes, I think that's why I run healer <laughs> in these dungeons. I'm like, listen, there's one person that could that could fix it. It's me. It's the healer. <laughs> so yes, um, we're all we were all right. I think our other DPS was a summoner though. So even if I died, they could arrest me. Um, so we were fine, really. I'm just being dramatic. We beat that. We beat that boss. We we beat it up a bit. It. Does it's the same thing that Tealman does, where you where you have to beat up its wings and then beat it up again? Um, but we get it, and then we go back. We we teleport back outside. Lise runs out after us. She's like, "I need you to be done first, you stupid blessed bitch." <laughs> <laughs> and then we hang out. We, would, we hang we out. Hang we out. blow. We blow the old whistles, and they're like, "Yeah, hey, you're pretty cool." So they come hang out with us, and we get a nice little mount. Yeah, big new mount. Mm-hmm. Just a, t- a teeny tiny mount that's not a giant. <laughs> It's not an absolute fucking massive, truly absurd um, bird, bird. And then Gosetsu and Hien emerge also, and like just it looks like we're ready to go, we're ready awesome. to go. And then we are beset by a pretty large contingent of Oranir and um, Budogan. And they say that their Han wants an audience. They want an audience, um, and it's not like he's not like to take no for an answer. So we're like, all right, fine. <laughs> And Hien's like, I mean, if it all goes according to plan, they'll fight for us anyway. Might as well go along. Yes, might as well go. <laughs> right. So this this brings us to the bowl. So we are taken up to the Dawn Throne, which is the name for that bowl. We're up in that bowl, and we're gonna we're gonna snack on that cereal. Yep, that's all we're doing. 
that joke has no legs whatsoever. It's full of Captain <laughs> Crunch. That's it. It's full of it's fucking lot of Captain Crunch. Um, we meet the children of Azim, which is appropriate for the quiz. It's the quiz title. Okay, we're getting arrested by the Arnir for no reason. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we meet uh, Lord Mag, no, Lord Magni. I don't know. It's just named Magni. Bro- Brother Magni. Brother Magni. Um, he's kind of a prick. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, look, you're here to pay tribute. If it's satisfactory, you'll get the favor of the sun, which is their deal. And then Least really doesn't want to bow down and serve him. But he's like, look, you swear fealty to the sun or you die. Simple. It's great. So he gives us t- some 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 chores to do. And the labors he- of Magni. The party is divvied up. And Batu, his right-hand man, is to assign the tasks. And he, first thing he does, he says, you, the red woman. You will milk our beasts. To grow strong, one must be well-fed, and have, we have great need of kumis and cheese. And uh, raise your hand if you have misread the sentence, you will milk our beasts <laughs> every single time you've done this. I because, did not, but, but you sure did. Okay. I, I, think, I think a lot of people have misread that sentence. And it's like, Whoa! Okay, well, now I'm going to see it that way next time. <laughs> you it's know, got milk in it. When I record my version of this podcast with some other new sap <laughs> six years from now. Stormbeds. Oh, God. There's also this bit here where, like, Hean's playing. It's kind of his, his cool sort of, like, you know, like, just not snarky, but, like, cool, smooth self. And he's like, look, we barely know your customs. How will we know to serve you? And Magni's like, silence! Do not mock us! <laughs> Shut up! Um, we go get some sword grass from under the lake. It's a pain in the ass because you have to yep. get like eight of them and you have to swim. And they made swimming technology and god damn it, you're going to play with it. <laughs> Honestly, swimming controls in this game are better than they're most fine. Yeah, they're games. better than like Monster Hunter 3U. <laughs> For the love of the moon, we learn, uh, this is a kind of a quest where, that, where yes, we learn, take some time in captivity to learn the objective or the, the belief system of the Oranir people. Yeah, what happens here is like he, like we do all the stuff and he's like, great. So like, did we earn the right to leave? And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. You didn't earn the right to leave. You get a boon of your choice. And we're like, okay, can, can that we boon learn? be leaving? <laughs> no, <laughs> you can learn some lore. So we to do that, we must, we meet outside with somebody and he's like, my lambs have been lost. We have to go. <laughs> we're like, God damn it. You dropped a very helpful marker on the map to oh find the Oh my god, one, one of the lambs the is like on a little ledge on the other side of the castle that you have to like wrap around completely. And I was like, just here's the, just go. <laughs> I don't want to wait for you to figure this out because it's stupid. Um, if you don't have flying, <laughs> it's a pain in the ass. Maybe I could have lifted you up there, but I wasn't going to. It was fine. But anyway, so after we do all that, though, then we do get, you know, a lot of sort of background on, like, you know, what is the mythology of all these people? There is Azim of the sun, and there is um, Nama Nama of the moon. And, you know, they were like, you know, they were rivals. But then as they saw the way that their children came together, then they became lovers. But then they realized that if they were lovers, the sky would fall apart. So therefore, they must be ever apart. Sun in the day, moon at night. And then they put, they sent their avatars down to the world to be embodiment so that they could walk during the day and night. And so the, like, the first Oronir was, like, you know, the avatar of the of Azim, and there was an avatar of uh, Nam as well. And it's, it's all it's all interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm skipping kind of through it because I don't know how super relevant it gets. Well, there's a couple of connections. There's a couple of connections I want to make that are not apparent to you. Okay. There is There are two somewhat allegorical uh, entries in the 12 that are similar to this. Oh, there is okay. Azima, the goddess of the sun, um, 
and Nymea, who is the fate spinner, the, the goddess of fate, which is not the moon. Uh, interestingly enough, Menfina is the goddess of the moon specifically. Um, but there is still a certain there is the the interesting thing to um, to note here is that there is an independent correlation between the names of their folklore and the names of ours. I mean, that's that's how mythology works. Yeah, that stuff spreads. It, it it spreads, but like this is so far away from Eorzea. The twelve, all of the the twelve stuff is like. Very like localized to Eorzea. Pretty much. Um, so it is, I think, of note. I think if, you, if you've made, if you made that connection and the as in step, whatever, if you've made that connection, um, I, I think it's, it's worth keeping that connection in mind because the 12 are the fucking 12. So, <laughs> like, so I have a question here. Yeah. You seem to know a lot about the 12, a fair mm-hmm. amount about the 12. Yeah. But they really have not been relevant in anything you've covered so far. Mm-hmm. Is that because like they were more relevant in like the pre-ARR stuff or is it because they're going to become way more relevant in expansions to come? Um, or is it just because you... I would say both. Okay. I would say both of those things are true. Um, there's also a lot of side content in A Realm Reborn. That's that true, which I have, not, out, I have not touched. Uh, fleshes out people's beliefs, the 12. Um so yeah there's also yeah also in heaven's word blood people's beliefs in helone yeah helone is the one i get the most sense for yeah okay anyway uh, we also like part of this then is that you know the oronir see it as their place to sort of like make the rest of the zila kneel the way that a father disciplines a son it's like a very paternalistic way of looking at the rest of their people right and it's like ew gross (laughs) okay (laughs) the uh the Sworn Enemies of the Sun is the following quest. So the, the next favor we're going to do for Magna is we're going to go scout the Dotharl out. Those people, the Undying, the you know those two tribes that were fighting in the camp before. That was a little microcosm of the greater geopolitical landscape of the Asim Steppe. Um, and while we're doing that, Lise and Hien are sent to the brig. <laughs> Stay as hostages. Really fun. So Gosetsu, yeah, we go. We, we run there and we we scout it out with Gosetsu, and we save the lives of one dude. Uh, well, uh, and well, we say we see two people being beset by monsters, and we save. We're able to save one of them, and the other one dies. The other one dies. Um, and um, the person who lives is grateful, and it's really sad because his he and he mentions that this is no, that is no dying to random monsters in the field is no proper way for. Uh, There's no honor the in Dothar that. to die. Yeah. And so this is when Sadu marches up. Mm-hmm. She is uh, great. She's their leader. She's the and she um, you know, wants to know who we are as outsiders. And we just say we're travelers here on behalf of the mole who want to learn more about them. And she's like, <laughs> the mole are little lambs who are weaklings. Come, walk among us. See what real warriors look like and feel despair. They're, 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 very, they're very confident, mm-hmm. the Dotharl. Which, you know, good for them. This is a bit of a rough looking settlement, and we're yeah. going to get into it. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep getting into it. Get into it now. The Dothal and like Gosetsu, like Gosetsu, is kind of put up, put put off by how callous she is towards the guy who just died. Mm-hmm. But like, the Undying are caught oh, yeah, in this. Says, Bring that corpse. <laughs> the Undying are caught in this interesting moment 
between like it is their belief that they believe in a very sort of literal reincarnation which is to say that you know that if you die as a warrior then like your spirit gets reborn into the body of like an infant like like so, so like the, their infants are all named after like you know warriors mm. who have recently died the idea is you know that you know that your soul is continuous that you like inherit skills and, and like your spirit and stuff like that and they believe this very strongly and so like it's a huge part of like how they approach life and death and everything they are also i think starting to try to grapple with the fact that like their numbers are dwindling because more of them are dying than are being reborn mm-hmm. and like i don't the, the game doesn't actually quite get us directly into the heart of that tension i think it's kind of like it's a little bit early for that but i but it, it's interesting i i enjoyed sort of seeing like oh these are a people that like over the next 15 years need to figure some stuff out about their belief system and their way of life because like the material conditions are coming to a head with the spiritual are coming to a head with the spiritual conditions mhm mhm um, and, uh, once we learn about their, their, their plight and belief system, once we're at the, the front of their gates, Gosetsu says, you bitch is crazy. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> that, that's, that's stupid and dumb. And I hate you. <laughs> and everyone is like incredibly offended. <laughs> In some, he, what he actually says is that's madness. But, uh, what he may have said, may as well have said was what I did. Um, because yeah, he just walks up and insults their entire way of life. It's like, and they're all like, "Wow, okay, shut the fuck up." Yeah, we walk around town and learn a lot of the stuff I just talked about, basically. Um, uh, and just, just, just do whatever freaking spy work you have to do. You dumb, <laughs> you dumb losers. And we're kind of like, huh? It kind of seems like the only thing that's going to save these people from the wrath of the, everyone else is Hean's plan. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we learned about their specifics of reincarnation. There's that it transcends gender. It transcends a lot of things. These people have to, they believe that they have to relearn the way of life, their way of life, rather than, you know, having their own life that they, they just forget everything. Some of them are self-conscious about it. I yeah. mean, one guy who's like, I'm my, like, I'm like the reincarnation of a great swordsman, but I'm really bad at swords. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so we then learn that the per previous person whose uh whose corpse was so callously dragged into the village was given back to the sands and we go and we we go setsu offers um some words wants to offer some words inside so was like well that's all talk about stupid they're dead what they're not gonna hear you <laughs> it's great um but we do but like- go anyway and then he says when i first heard the tales i could not help but a scoff another queer tribe i thought with still queer customs, it's like queer great. rights and beliefs. Yeah, cool, cool. It's actually a good moment with him because he yeah. talks about like what death means to him as a samurai, which is like you know the conviction that if he dies, he will die serving a higher purpose, and that 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 puts his soul at peace. And he's able to he doesn't want to die yet, but he's able to confront the reality of death because he like be, feels himself to be serving something greater than he is. Yeah. And that's it's it's good. It's good insight into who he is. Yeah, it's a good insight in, into the 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 racist, ableist, homophobe. <laughs> it's a good go conversation. <laughs> good. I enjoyed this conversation. We cut back to a conversation happening within the Dawn Throne, which is not as good. No. <laughs> so after that kind of, moment, you had particular bones to pick with this uh, this this one. Uh, yes. So this next cut scene. Um, we cut back to Lisa and he and in 
in a prison and um I guess I I still kind of like Lisa and Hien, but I would not want to be in a prison cell with either of them. So Lisa's basically um, summarized all she saw in Doma. And she thought, man, when I first got there, I was like, how could they not rise up? And it's like, we've had this conversation yeah, three it's, times. It's very repetitive. <laughs> like, do you not, did you not feel any despair at all ever? Like, not even when your sister died and you changed your entire identity and just pretended like nothing happened rather than confront your reality? You, where you just gave up on your own life so you could continue to live hers? Not even then did you feel despair? And and he, he talks about it and he's like, yes, you know, that's that's how it is. People develop despair. But then, you know, Listen. there someone comes into their life and is able to rekindle the fire inside them, make them want to fight again. Yeah. In, and, so, in so many words, he says, you know, if it's so easy, then if, if it makes so much sense to you, then why don't you just convince them? <laughs> like, if it's so obvious. And so I got some he and point, major points here for, for him just being like, okay, then great. <laughs> like, that should make our job easier, right? Um, and then at this moment, she's like, oh yeah, <laughs> I guess I, <laughs> I guess I did rather change my identity. I guess I will grab the future with both hands. But it's like, man, that cut, that, this whole still just hearkening back to how that, 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 that reveal, that sister reveal just didn't really need I, to happen. <laughs> I, I liked that at the time. Since then, I'm sorry that I'm I, I'm sorry that I'm ruining it for you. <laughs> no, I like Stormblood a lot. Like yeah. Stormblood overall, very consistent so far. Lisa's arc kind of the weakest part of yeah, it. Yeah, I still she's okay. She's like her. She's likable. She's likable, but like this character isn't. She's well going acted. anywhere. It's yeah. <laughs> she's yet to go somewhere yet. It is like we're still we're still at. I can't believe they're not fighting back. <laughs> Which would make so much more sense if she was still Ida. You know, or if she was still that kind of dumb. <laughs> I just, I, I'm hoping this is the last time we have this particular conversation. I will see. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. I can't remember anymore at this point. It just all blends together. How can they not fight back? God, Christ. Okay. Anyway, as the gods will is the following quest. We'll we report back to the Han. Yes. Uh, we learn, uh, we, um, we talk back and like, okay, this is what we learned about the like, Dotharal. Do they have Saudi- secret schemes? Do they have plots? Like, and we're like, no, no they're, they're just, just going to, gonna- they're just going to throw themselves at you and probably die. <laughs> Because they don't care about dying, and we mentioned Sadu, and, and one of the Sadu courtiers like, gets and very the, mad. Yeah, he, the the guy before who told me to milk him, he said that um, that Sadu is an idiot and a, and a dummy, and she's not even that cute. And Magni's like, "You shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> you shut the fuck up right now! What do you think about her?" And we're like, "Whoa, okay, <laughs> whoa, we're gonna let that slide um, for a moment. On. Can we? Can we go now?" Go. And he's like, you can, as long as you swear that whoever wins the Nadam, you will swear fealty to them. And we're like, great, we will definitely like you know commit the rest of our lives to whoever wins that on the chance that we don't. We're betting the farm on this one. Yep, yeah, mm-hmm. we're definitely going to stay around and not teleport away <laughs> immediately. Just, <laughs> oops. <laughs> Does Limsa Lominsa have an extradition treaty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, boy. Okay, next no, question. No, let's just let the, the, the future generations of Aorzins deal with our misdeeds. Uh, yes, the following quest. It's just called Nadam. Nadam. I think it's called Nadam. Nadam. There's two A's in the front to make you go, Nadam. I've been saying it wrong this whole time. Yes. Nadam. Yes. Nadam. 
Yes. Not him. Okay. Back at the camp, it's time to prepare. Okay. We ask warriors around town for some advice and to pump them up. We do the gesture thing. Yes. It's cutscene duty time. Mm-hmm. So um, we go pump some people up and we enter our little cutscene. Um, what we got to do is we, gotta, we fight. We fight. We're, well, what happens? Okay. What actually happens? There are some people in some gray robes who are walking out with a little satchel. Um, and they spread some sand over a spot in the step, and that spot begins to glow. And the first tribe to reach that spot and claim it as their own will claim the entirety of the step as their as their rightful governance thing. Yes, and Whatever. that circle is called the Uvu, which I'm now guessing is probably also a real term. Uvu, yeah. Oh, I have never been to Uvu Javer, so I wouldn't know. What? Bam, 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 da, da, da. So we need to go to we need to fight our way across the plains and claim the Uvu. <laughs> yes, we do. Um we just kind of have our great big party. We we fight some people off and then people in our party kind of falter off as like they but break off into splinter groups of skirmishes um as we get closer and closer to the objective. Um, there is a confluence of tribes fighting each other in the objective and we do our best to kill as many as we can. Yeah. And in fact, this actually like this paces out pretty well because first we kind of like, we fight the regular folks off mm-hmm. and then once we, um, win, we, we, we make for the point, there's an opening we make to capture the point. Everyone else has aggro and we are pulled off. We're yanked off by brother by, Magni, by brother Magni who changed, who, who gets his chains in us. And then we fight him for a us. bit and then Sadu shows up and then we yeah. have to fight both of them yes. off. And like, and yeah, it's just, it's worth pointing out. Like, I mean, I guess it's like been like, they've mm-hmm. had a lot more time to get it right or whatever. This is so much better than the Grand Melee. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> this like, is such a, this is a, an incredibly, first up, it's like, it's, a, they didn't spend nearly as much time explaining the stupid mechanics of the, of the Nodum. It's just like, go get that thing. You know, as opposed to the, you know, we did that whole opening bit about the fucking like the, point system exactly. of the eyes and the chains and stuff. Well, it just like this encounter is designed it mm-hmm. has like pacing to it yeah. things happen as like you proceed through sort of like you know the the fight or whatever it, it, it no it's so much more it's interesting great yeah so sadu is her, her, her thaumaturgy and she summons these big stone faces to charge up her meteor powers and we have to kill them while magni is hitting us and, <laughs> and everything um and eventually we do succeed basically sorry spoilers um <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, we, 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 once we, we you win. once you once you knock those two out um and knock as many people out as you can um you then claim the Nodum. you claim the uvu for yourself the fields glow gold you are standing in the middle and everyone stops fighting and you know who suddenly shows up <laughs> it's me he shows up to immediately get his Ray ass and i come for you with my hammer and my, and my battalion this. and my little spider tank we're going to kill you now and then we're like oh this is perfect hey see this empire of assholes that's treading upon your sacred ground we should kill them and then also kill them more later <laughs> and so we immediately and then they're, like, and they're like well we don't really want to listen to you but also eh, fighting's fun so <laughs> but eh, fighting's fun so we'll kill them yeah and, and he runs off i think literally crying yeah 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 for sure like okay well Good thing he didn't show up a minute sooner. <laughs> that would have been much less opportune. Okay, and, and I think we passed the actual like the leadership leadership off to Serena since she's you know oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like 
of these people, and she leads them all to claim the throne. That is correct. Yeah, it was really cool. What's really cool about that that Green of Upbeat moment, though, is that like we did then the, all those mechanics that we stopped having, we stopped um, Magni and Sadu from doing on us. We then let them. She, we then let her summon the meteor instead <laughs> to kill Grinevat. So it's cool that you actually get to like see what they're what they're doing. Um, glory to the Khan. Uh, we finish that up. We head back to the Mall Tribe. We do a nice little victory pose for the wounded. Uh, they're super into it, uh, and they give us a little, a little guitar, a little not a guitar, it's a little string. It's like a instrument. Morin Kure, yeah. Um, you could go and put that in your room at the house. Oh, all, I think those I are think furnishing. Those are furnishing things, and yes, music, like music is important to them. Like when mm-hmm. music is played, you remember where you were when you first heard it. It's mm-hmm. a whole. It's a. It's a good thing. Yeah, they do some really good writing that I was really reductive about because expedience in crimson they walked we had this is our final quest we're here it's really time to go okay time to go back to doma yeah we got okay we gotta go back um there's a conveniently located there's a conveniently located secret passage now that we're both that we can take yes and it uh it's down by the um you're gonna have to carry this because i skipped a cutscene here that i didn't mean to skip <laughs> Got it. Okay. Well, yeah. So, um, so first we go back to Brother Magni to kind of like you know meet them back at the at the Golden Throne hmm. and a Sun Throne and see like, hey, we all good here? Serena assures us that we're going to be good because you know they're like they're all warrior people here and they're born to fight and like we won in the battlefield fair and square. But you know we get there and he immediately opens with, the sun is disinclined to entertain you at length. So, some hard feelings. <laughs> A couple of hard feelings. He's also brooding over the fact that his friend Bachu was hurt during the proceedings and he's recovering. And he's like, he's not thrilled about that. He's like, basically, look, are you here to demand the throne for them all? And Serena's like, not really. No, just we like, follow the gods. We don't care about the throne. You can just, you can still sit here, a little pain in the ass for everyone. Just listen to us. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, okay. Well, then fine. Sound the call and we'll send our people in to help with the dome and liberation. Nice. Everybody's happy. Yeah, and then Serena assures him that his people will be blessed by the gods, and he gets very intense about her for a sec, and it's, oh, uh, time to leave again. <laughs> he has, he just looks at her, he's like, I have something to tell you. <laughs> Please, no, don't ruin this. <laughs> Magni is that guy that oh, ruins all his <laughs> Just uh, get, get some game. <laughs> no Riz. Okay. So the, uh, yeah, we met, head over to the Dothara camp, because Sadu is the enchantress. Yes, who so like like a path to the north has been hidden by behind like an illusionary blockade this whole time, mm-hmm. and we like we and she's like hey like yeah a lot of people were wounded some of them died but it was a good day to die they really are the Klingons, and then some of and some of the women are pregnant so you know more warriors to come nice yeah and then she agrees to unseal the pass for us and her people will follow us into battle. And so we basically, that's it. That's where we leave off. We leave off basically right before we're going to head back down south in the Doma to kind of, you know, see us just going in Yangshia mm-hmm. and uh, tell them that we've got an army now. And I don't see, I don't know where this is going. I don't know how quickly we're going to get to the bit where we call in these people to fight for us. <laughs> could be like two quests from now. Could be 30. Mm-hmm. They could, they could hold it. We'll see. The, um... The, there's one thing that here that uh, Serena mentions about their color. The, the color the, they give us a banner, and they say she says in crimson there is life, there is liberation. We can hearken back to Uriange. Look ye to the crimson sky, and then it's crimson things. And then if it's not readily apparent that this that this expansion's theme is red, given that Red Mage came out with it as well, it should be by now that there is something there's something to be 
seen in 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 red and yeah and there's a, there's a whole lot of i think which there's a, there's a, this game does a whole lot of storytelling by color yes it's a very recurring motif mm-hmm. um but they uh yes they give so, us that banner they use that we get to you put that banner in your little home oh. um that is going to do it for the recap segment of this podcast we got listen no time to waste bills to pay take us to the market board right the fuck now <laughs> Okay, well, all right, we're in it then. Um, I mean, I have to ask then, you know, are you perhaps looking for a new immersive tabletop role-playing experience for your actual play podcast on very short notice for some reason? Hmm, maybe. Uh, I I know it's it's hard to find something that fits into your play group. You, you don't have time to learn moves or how to refresh your essence or what advancing a clock means. No, no. You, you want to order some pizza, you want to break out your 18-sided die, and you want to roll up some characters for domains and denizens. 18-sided die. <laughs> Domains and Denizens is the brand new hot fantasy role-playing game that uses mm-hmm. most of the legally distinct rules that you're already familiar with to craft extremely familiar experiences. Okay. I started the campaign last week. I'm playing as a a half-elk larcenist, um, you know, lurking on the mean streets of the magical city of Thor's basement, mm-hmm. and it's been, it's been really fun so far. Wow. Are you into tabletop role playing? Yeah, this sounds exciting. Yeah, doesn't it sound like something that you wanna you wanna get? I want to I want to roll a gerrymancer. You wanna roll a gerrymancer? <laughs> Summon some Jerry's? Yeah, get some gerrymandering done. Gerrymancing. Carve up the uh, <laughs> forsaken realms yeah. into into distinct <laughs> political entities. Yes, absolutely. No, uh, everyone should uh, you know um, check out the core rule books for domains and denizens. You know, mm-hmm. hey. It's a hot new game from a company that isn't looking to turn the game into an endlessly monetizable service game. Wait, half elk? <laughs> you, you know what the makers of this game never did? Hey, makers of this game uh, hasn't had to issue an apology within the last year for offensive racial stereotyping, making it into official supplemental material. Um, didn't cause one of its most prominent black creative freelancers to quit among allegations of a hostile work environment. and. Oof. Never covered for a known sexual predator working on their flagship product for literal years. Yeah, go look that one up. So, uh, oh no, domains and denizens, please give your money to literally anyone else. Oh my god, oh, I I had no idea about any of that, and I'm so glad I stopped playing. I mean, I'm still so glad I stopped playing. Imagine, you know who you're talking about. Jesus Christ, cool, yeah, all right, great. That's the ad. Great ad. I'm I'm excited already. That's gonna be our <laughs> That's our follow up podcast. Burning bridges we don't even have. Oh, you can roll a bur- bridge burner. <laughs> yes, bridge burning's a whole class. <laughs> oh, that's it's like a it's a whole class or like a subclass of journeys. <laughs> it's how you stop population <laughs> movements. <laughs> You see, every grid on the hex is a bridge connecting it to the every adjacent hex. That's going to do it for this episode of Stormbuds. You can find us on TikTok at Stormbuds, Instagram at Stormbuds Podcast, YouTube at Stormbuds, right? Yeah. I should write this down. I think I say that every episode. I'm never going to. I'll remind uh, you. And um, email at Stormbuds Podcast. I alternate. I make it real hard to discern which was which. It's one of those. Um. There's not many this accounts is the to be time, confused with. This is the time I'd like to an- actually announce the announcement I announced 
on the prior episode when I announced the announcement. Now is the announcement. We are going to live stream content recording. We're going to live stream our reactions and our note-taking section on the finale to 4.0, Stormblood. So, uh, and that date is going to be at, um, on the 18th of February. So, I believe. So, we're going to, this is coming out the 22nd. The following episode is going to cover um, the penultimate section of Stormbud, Blood, Stormblood. I can't wait to get out of this expansion, so I stopped saying Stormbud. <laughs> <laughs> this, I knew this was going to happen. That's going to come out on the twelfth, and then that week um, is when, like that Saturday, is when we would record content. Um, I believe. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, the, the and that works up. for us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. So that's when we would do the end of four point We may do like a little bit of the, the pre- depending on where we end up. We may do a little bit of the preamble stuff, so so you can see the ending. Um. But feel free to stop on by my Twitch channel, Twitch.tv/slash Jerome House. Follow in anticipation. I really I, listen. I considered doing a separate Twitch channel, but it's like, man, we stream. I stream this game. We stream so infrequently. Once every like six months. Maybe when, maybe when we're, I don't know, this is a, a real thing, <laughs> more of a real thing. We'll do more, but um, go ahead and drop a follow uh, in advance, and we'll keep announcing this as the date gets closer. Um, very excited um, for that. Um, I don't believe I have any other announcements to make at this time. No, I think I'm good as well. So um, until the next episode, Born from Buds, Storm of Buds, we've been the Storm Buds, baby. Good night.